Well, it's very good to be here with you guys. I think it's, uh, it's amazing to be back gathered. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to visit with people online and see you guys that way as well. And just excited for what God's doing in this time. You guys, sort of, not that excited? I'm excited because God is doing things right now and he is speaking. And I really feel like God's been challenging me. So I feel like I've got a word for us. And I just want to encourage you by saying that this is a word that I am wrestling through and that God has challenged me with. And I am preaching to myself today. Okay? Um, How many of you have heard that saying that uh, one person's junk is another man's treasure? All right, okay. So a long time ago, about 10 plus years ago, Uh, I was working on a loan application for someone for a mortgage. And we have to get an appraisal to kind of make sure that the house is what is worth what they say it's worth. And we got the appraisal back for this house and it was for a professional in our city. It was a nice house. And, you know, I wasn't really thinking much of it. And then the appraisal landed on my desk and there were some yellow flags on it. And I thought, what on earth? Professional, nice house, what on earth could go wrong? So I started rifling through the appraisal to try and figure it out. And there's pictures. So there's pictures of this guy's house inside his house. Oh boy, this guy was a hoarder. I have seen it on TV, but I have never met one and I've never seen it at this level. So the pictures, I've never seen anything like it. Like in the kitchen, you would go into the kitchen with the picture and you could see that the countertops had stuff piled this high. All kinds of stuff. The hallway, you walk down the hallway, there was boxes on the hallway, uh, all the way down, all the way to the ceiling. A couple of the bedrooms, you couldn't even look in them. It was just boxes from floor to ceiling. The bathroom, you go in and there's stuff on the countertops and there's stuff on the sides and you can sort of make out where the toilet is. I'm just saying, I think it was there. It was, it was wild to see these pictures. And if you know me, I kind of like things neat and orderly. I sort of like them in their place. So I was absolutely stressed out and claustrophobic looking at these pictures. You know, I think sometimes for us, life can kind of get like that. It just gets full. Hey, we gather all these things around us. You know, this guy had gathered his treasures and somewhere it spiraled downhill and it turned into you know, a ridiculous amount of stuff around him that was suffocating him. But sometimes I think for us, life can get like this. It just gets full. It gets busy. And we we gather stuff around us. And, you know, it got me on this this journey of just really, really, really wrestling through the stuff that we value in life. And today I want to talk about uh, living for treasure that lasts. I want to talk about living for treasure that lasts. You know, there's lots of stuff that's good in this world, but what lasts? What's eternal? What's significant? And and this is this is probably a challenging word. I am very challenged by this word. Um, My wife asked me earlier, "Is it encouraging?" I'm like, "I don't know. I hope so. I think I'm just challenged because I feel like I've had so much time to think, and I've been asking myself tough questions. And when you have time to think and you ask yourself tough questions," You know, you come to some content and some things that force you to wrestle with some truth in your life. And I think the first thing that I wanted to start with was just this, this for the first point for us, is just talking about value. When I think about living for treasure that lasts, I want to talk about value. What determines value? That was a question I was chewing through. I mean, to the hoarder, it kind of just downward spiraled to everything. Just keep it all. Rappers cups. But really, in our lives, what determines value? 
And the answer in the first point for us, when we look at living for what matters, or living for uh, treasure that lasts, the first thing is this, that we determine value. We do. You and I determine what value, what, what matters in life. We determine what we value. It's actually a choice. It's a conscious decision. So it's not just worth alone, okay? Follow me here. So value is this broad term. It encompasses worth, which is, you know, something uh, that when we look at something, we determine worth is what someone's willing to pay for it. But it's value is more than that. Value is what does it mean to me? Because something can have value, right? And it can have worth, but it can have this worth, but it means nothing to me. I'll give you an example. I'm left-handed. You might have a right-handed ball glove. It's worth something. You bought it at a store, it's worth something. But guess what? To me, it has zero value. I can't do anything with it. I'm left-handed. So if you've got that right-handed glove, it has no value. So something's worth what someone is willing to pay for it when we think about value. A good example, just a thought is, I want to sell a car. I have a car. I have an idea of what it's worth, value, but I've got an emotional attachment to it. You see, it's really only going to be worth what someone's going to give me for it. And, you know, the true value hasn't really been determined until someone swaps me keys for cash, right? So there's something interesting when we think about value. There's a decision in us, and we consciously choose to put significance on something, to elevate something. We consciously choose to value something. You following me? And something's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And for us, value is often, true value is really determined and shown by what we're willing to give for it, what we're willing to do for it. There's always a response. So, let me, let me explain that. So if you value something enough, right, if it's worth your time, you're going you're gonna to focus on it. You're going to give it energy. You're going to give it attention. If it's, if it's worth your money, you're going to buy it, right? You're going to spend money on it. If it's worth your thoughts, you're going to think about it. You're going to dwell on it. So for us then, when we look at this, value isn't just the emotional attachment to something, it needs to be supported by an action. It isn't enough just to say we value something. We should demonstrate it. And I think for us as Christ followers, right, you shouldn't have to read about what I value. You should experience it. You should experience it through my life, through my interaction with you. Values should be something that we're interacting with. So, in this thought of values, for us, I think it's interesting because in many ways, I would say that we often live for what we value. We often live for what we value. We almost rank in priority the things that we value. And I'm challenged by this thought. I was saying I've been asking myself questions and I'm digging down this rabbit hole. I'm sorry I'm taking you all with me. But... I've been challenged with this thought of value. I've been challenged with, well, what do I put value on? What do I emphasize? Because I think sometimes for us, and maybe it's just for me, in the busyness of life, when everything is going on around us, we can get caught actually just elevating things to a place of value and significance in our life that maybe they shouldn't be. 
we end up emphasizing them more. We spend more time and attention on them than really we need to be. And it's almost this thing that happens by accident at times. And I think for us, when we consider that, that actually if value is a conscious decision, then we can change it. We can change. We can determine what we want to put in that position and value in our lives. I think the common things that we end up really elevating, and maybe this is just me, but the common things would be work, career. Maybe you elevate the significance of your net worth or your retirement plan. Maybe it's things in your life like toys. You know, you're thinking about what is that next, that next thing you're hoping to get. Um, maybe what you've elevated is things like your comforts. Maybe it's the quality of life. Maybe it's good things. I mean, these are all good things. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's family. You see, we ascribe value either by default or by design. So it's happening, whether, we, whether we're intending to do it or not. We're, we're giving our attention to something. I want to read um, a scripture from Matthew here. And it's a common one. We know this. Jesus was trying to teach his disciples about value. And it says this, Matthew six nineteen to 21. says this in the NIV. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. And where your treasure is, there your heart will also be, or there your heart will be also. You see, we're reminded that things come and go. Things break. Things get old. There's always going to be something new. There's always going to be the latest and the greatest. I love what C.S. Lewis said about this. He said, all that is not eternal is eternally out of date. Love it. So for us, it just tells us that actually the satisfaction that we might get with things on earth is short-lived. And we know that life is temporal. Life is fragile. I think we've all been reminded of that. Thankfully, the island is doing really well with this virus. We're doing great. But you know, there's other people in the world that aren't living that reality. I think if we stop and consider what's happened for some, that in an instant, some people lost some significant things. They lost their jobs. They might have lost their home because they couldn't afford to pay for it. And people lost loved ones in an instant. And it, was, and it happened. And then the whole world went into lockdown. And I've been processing and thinking about that. And I'm so challenged by how much significance and how much value we place on stuff that isn't eternal. Stuff that doesn't last. I don't know about you, but for me, when I think about this, I don't want to be in a position where I've been tricked, right, by the comforts of life. And I don't want to be in a position where I settle for stuff that isn't eternal, where I settle for this false sense of security. I think we often just live life with this expectation that tomorrow's coming. And it, it, it isn't a guarantee. It isn't a guarantee. And this is a challenge. You guys are going, oh, Paul, I got to hear you and all your crazy thoughts. But I think that it's, it's amazing when we stop and consider this truth because when we, when we look at it and we consider that we get to make a decision about what we value, well, guess what? We get to rearrange some priorities for us. John Wesley said this. He said, I judge all things only by the price they shall gain in eternity. I judge all things only by the price they shall gain in eternity. What a challenge. For us, what do we place value on? that's eternal. 
And what are we prepared to give of ourselves for those things that are eternal? I was reading another scripture in Matthew and Jesus is teaching on the kingdom. And, you know, there's so much we can teach on around the kingdom. But I was, this really struck me and it obviously challenged me. It says, Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought the field. He sold it all. He sold everything he had, and he bought that field. Everything. What is worth giving up everything for? What is worth giving up everything for? And he did it with joy. I am challenged when I read that and I hear that. I think when we consider this, people want something to live for. People want to live for something that's more significant than their little sphere and their little world. I think for many, and you're seeing it even now, that this is the reason why people come and they'll rally around maybe a cause or a movement or reform or justice, right? And these are valid things. These are good things. People want to live for something greater than themselves. But you know, the thing for us in this, when we stop and consider, is that the only thing that will impact into eternity is Jesus. It's the only thing that lasts from now through eternity. So when we talk about treasure, living for treasure that lasts for eternity, it's got to be the kingdom of God. It's got to be Jesus. And we're going to dig into this. But really, when we consider we have to realize that we live in a fallen and a broken world. And I have a promise for you that if you're looking to man to solve it, to fix it, that we're someone, sometime one day in the future going to live in this utopia and everything's going to be perfect and there's going to be no sin and no sickness and no disease, I'm sorry you're going to be disappointed because the only place that that's going to be is in heaven. The only place that that's going to be in heaven. Now, that doesn't mean we don't don't stand um, in the place of injustice. God calls us to stand for justice. Absolutely. And as a believer, we have a role to do do that. We have a responsibility in God. So this isn't a cop-out to say that, hey, the world's broken. It's never going to be fixed. I'm going to sit on my hands. No, that's not what God's called us to do. He's called us to stand for righteousness and to stand for justice. And we do that by taking the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus, right? And we bring Jesus and the kingdom to people. That is how we bring healing. That is how we bring restoration. That is how we bring righteousness and justice and stuff that lasts from now into eternity. It's not just short-lived. It's not just a lifespan. It's eternal. You see, I, I was considering this. I mean, how many of you guys have some form of a social media account? All right. Oh, look at that. I got a few of you guys back here. I'm impressed. All right. Okay. Some of you I actually thought maybe wouldn't have an account. All right. So what I'm challenged with for us as a believer is how quick are we as believers to chime in on social media somewhere and give our opinion about something when really what the world needs more than anything is to hear about Jesus? But it's the last thing we're comfortable to talk about. And we're not willing to post it because of fear of offense. I'm challenged by that because it's the very thing that people need to hear. People don't need my opinion. They don't need your opinion. 
they need a savior. They need a savior. They need Jesus. That's what they need. It's the only thing that's going to last for eternity. Are you with me? You agree with me? If not, I'll see you outside. You can talk to me. I'll take whatever you want to tell me. But I'm telling you, it's the only thing, guys. I think we're so quick to give our opinions about stuff, but it's just an opinion, and, and it's not going to bring healing and restoration and salvation. It's not going to bring the thing that we need. Jesus is our hope. That is what we bring. So for us, the only thing worth giving our all for is Jesus and his kingdom. Amen? And why is that? Why is that? Why is the kingdom so valuable? Why would in this parable this guy sell everything for that field? What's Jesus telling us? He's telling us this, that only the kingdom is eternal. Only the kingdom is eternal. So really, when I consider that, it's the, that means that the, it's the only thing that's going to last forever. When I read through, I, I was, I've been re- looking at the scripture uh, of the prophet Isaiah, and he, he had this picture of Jesus, and, you know, he was from a time that was broken. He was from a time that needed a savior. Just like us, we needed a savior. And he wrote this looking forward to the coming of Christ. And it's Isaiah 9, 6. This is my Jesus. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness, with this time forth, or sorry, from this time forth, and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is Jesus. This is his kingdom. Where his kingdom comes, so does justice and righteousness. It comes. It tells us this in the scripture. And it's forever increasing. It's never shrinking back. It's never getting smaller. It's only ever increasing. I want to be a part of that. I'm sure you want to be a part of that. Guess what? As a believer, we are. You know, his kingdom stands for all generations. Leaders are going to come and go. Political parties are going to come and go. Economic systems are going to come and go. Nations will come and go. But the kingdom of God will stand for all eternity. That is why this is so significant. I think when we talk about the kingdom of God, maybe many of you hear it and think of this nebulous thing and it is vast and it is really big and it's all encompassing, but I just, for a minute, let me just give you a place to start. Just, just start here and consider this, that the kingdom of God is where the rule and reign of God is. It's where the rule and reign of God exists. So this is why we call Jesus Lord, right? Because he's king, And when he's Lord of our life, that means that he's ruling and reigning in our lives. So for me, I take, God takes all of me, right? And I submit under his lordship, all of me under his lordship. Not just part, not just me on Sundays, not just what I want to give him, all of me. All of me is submitted, right? My identity, my career, my things, my gifts, my talents, my abilities, 
it's all submitted under his lordship. It all comes into the kingdom. It's all his. Just like the man in the field, for the joy set before him, right? It says, in his joy, he did it. In his joy, he did it. In, in Colossians 1, 13, 14, it says this. It says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he's brought us into the kingdom of his son, or kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. God takes us out of darkness into this kingdom. We only come into it through Jesus. And as we come in, God gives us purpose. He gives us significance. He calls us sons and daughters. And guess what? Our God is a good father. He's a good father. He is a good king. He's a great example. He's trustworthy. He's worth giving our all for because he's good. And his kingdom is good and it endures forever. And in his kingdom, guys, treasure, when we talk about treasure and treasure that lasts, people are treasure that lasts. You guys are treasure to God. Just consider your worth for a minute. Look what he was willing to do for you. God didn't just say, I value you and I'll tell you I love you. No, he went to the cross for you. He went to the cross for me. Value was demonstrated with an action. It wasn't just words. People are treasure. You know what else is a significant treasure is our relationship with God. That relationship is eternal. Actually, there's nothing more, there's nothing more significant than your relationship with God. There's nothing more valuable than that. Nothing. Nothing. So when we talk about treasure that lasts, man, this is a relationship that we get to start now and it goes all the way through eternity. Amazing. And there's so much more to the kingdom and there's so much more treasure. Can I challenge you? Can I encourage you? Go on a treasure hunt. Go look at the word and see what God has when he talks of his kingdom and as he describes the kingdom and you see Jesus teaching on it. There's so much treasure here, friends. We don't want to stay here till tomorrow, so I'll keep going, all right? But guys, there's nothing worth more than knowing Jesus. There really isn't. There's nothing worth more than knowing Jesus. And this kingdom is worth living for. Amen? So now what? So where do we go from here? I just want to give you some tangibles on this. So I appreciate that I've taken you down a rabbit hole and just kind of we're going deep in this thing. And I just, let me just give you some tangibles in this. This is my last point that I'll go through. Just, I want to say, invest your resources in the kingdom of God. Invest your resources in the kingdom of God. I work in finance. People are always asking me, Paul, where should I invest? Especially over this last six months. What should I invest in? How about investing in something that will last not just this lifetime and pay dividends, but into eternity? How about investing into the kingdom of God? What a privilege. We actually have, we have that choice, remember? We get to choose what we value. We get to choose what we give our resources to. So when I say resources, I'm not just talking about money. I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about everything. It's all that we have, right? Here are some, maybe some thoughts and some considerations for you. I'll share three of these, and I'm going through them quickly. The first one is just that we would fix our hearts on Jesus. We can give him our heart, right? We should examine our heart. 
You know, that scripture we were talking about, about treasure, you know, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. The, the heart's a really good one for revealing what we value and what we put significance on. Test our hearts. Go back. Just have a look. And then what? Let's pursue him. Get to know him. Let's read. Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's go deeper. Let's press in. Let's pursue that relationship. You know, we can risk with God. You know what? When we risk in this way with our hearts, friends, it's not a risk. He's a good father. You can risk with him. So what else can we do? How else can we invest in the kingdom? We can give our resources. So why don't you look back and see where you're giving your time. See what you're reading. Think about what you're thinking about. What are you talking about? What's sort of been elevated into a place of significance over and above the kingdom of God in your life? It's really easy for stuff to get there. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm telling you, they're all pointing at me. But it's really easy for us to shift our focus. I feel like God is challenging us to get our focus back on his kingdom and his purposes and what he's doing. Give yourself to his purposes. Start investing in his kingdom. The last one is share the gospel of the kingdom with others. Share it with others. This actually for us friends as believers, this should be the byproduct of one and two. If we really understand and take hold of the significance and the value of the kingdom of God and our relationship with Jesus, we can't help but share it with others. There's actually, remember, there's nothing more important than sharing that with others. It should be a byproduct. It should be abnormal for people around us. To, to not be coming to know Jesus. I've heard, it this, I've heard it said this way. We're meant to use possessions to love people, not love possessions and use people. I was challenged by that. God's given us stuff, resources that we can use for the extension of his kingdom. And you know, for us out here, and I want to talk to the guys for a minute, men, fathers, soon-to-be fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers if you're here, God has given you a significant role and a responsibility. You're the spiritual head of your home. And what you value doesn't just impact the significance of your life. It impacts your kids and those around you. And I want to say it's not enough to just say we value something. Guys, it's not enough to say we value this. People are watching. My daughter is watching me. It's funny, she knows that I want a boat because she sees me looking at boats. And I'm like five years out from getting a boat. I'm not even buying a boat now, but she knows because she's watching what I'm doing it. I just want to encourage you, invest in the kingdom of God. Watch what God does in your life and in your marriage and in your family as you do it, as you're intentional and as you sow in and invest into the kingdom. Watch what he does. Watch the fruit that comes. You know, we know the scripture well, that Matthew 6, 33, 1, that says, seek first the kingdom of God, right? And all these things will be added to you. I just want to read it in the message and close with this. It says this. So how do we store up treasure in heaven? Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. He's going to help. 
Let's steep ourselves in God reality and God initiatives and what he's doing. We have this choice. We get to choose what we live for. And we can choose to focus on temporal things, but God gives us the the choice to choose to live for what's eternal. So let's choose to live for treasure that lasts. Amen? Amen. Awesome.